The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week. Hello and welcome to the Kent Community Podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Shah. Over the next few months, me and my partner, Oliver Kemp, will be telling the unheard stories across the county. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with us, simply hashtag KM Community on social media, including Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The KM Community Podcast. And I'm joined here today with Alex McGovern from the Kent Youth Council to talk about knife crime. Thank you for joining me here in the studio today, Alex. That's all right. Um, talk me through your role at the council. So I am Alex McGovern. I... Uh, work at uh, Kent Youth County Council uh, with lots of other young people and I'm also a member of Youth Parliament. So what we do is we kind of meet with young people uh, across Kent and even across the country as well as decision makers like police officers, uh, politicians, councillors and we talk about what the biggest issues in Kent are. Uh, At the moment we're focusing on action against knife crime uh, but we also do many things uh, to help young people. And what issues do you feel that young people are facing in Kent? I think one of the biggest issues in Kent is uh, knife crime. Um, I mean, the local authorities have had their budgets completely kind of cut by uh, the government and education grants have been scrapped. So the education maintenance allowance was scrapped. And so young people uh, can't go to youth centres, which are being shut. They have nowhere to go. And it's fueling the rise in knife crime. And if the government don't stop the kind of vicious cycle, it will come out of control. And a lot of people within the government blame knife crime on how the youth act today with social media and stuff. Do you think there's a direct correlation with that? I don't think that there's a direct link between social media and... um and youth violence. I think that's kind of the government's way of passing on the buck uh, to the young people and just kind of ignoring it. I mean, I think it's more about giving young people aspiration if they really want to break the knife crime cycle. So education, youth services, uh, a bit like what Scotland did with their violence reduction unit when in 2005 they were called the murder capital of the EU by the World Health Organization. Instead of just saying, oh, it's the young people's problem, they should stop uh, using drill music and stuff like that to act violently they took a kind of public health approach a holistic approach where they used communities health education all these factors and they funded them hugely and managed to cut their murder rate by half and stop being the most dangerous developed country in the world according to the eu and I'm, I'm glad you brought up drill music because the government is blaming drill music they even hosted a drill music uh, conversation in Parliament with Crepton Conan and M. Huncho. Yeah. Do you feel like that's an issue in Kent or in London? I think it is both an issue in Kent and London and kind of the whole country. I think um, I I think the government are so far removed from the situation and they're seeing just kind of they're being quite naive and just seeing things like drill music as just fueling violence. They're not taking a whole uh, look at the issue. They're not doing enough research, talking to young people who are directly faced by it, who know how to crack down on this because it's not just drill music. Um, that drill music and talking violently has stemmed from somewhere else, usually like lack of opportunity, yeah. poverty, like disadvantaged communities, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it is really just a reflection of the life that they are living. Yeah. So what do you feel is the cause of knife crime then, other than government cuts? Do you think it's directed to the way they were raised? 
or do you think it's purely because young people have nothing to do anymore? I think it's I think it's a hard hard. Um, it's hard to say one root cause. I think there are quite a lot of causes interlinking. I mean, there was a speaker um, called Donna Jukes who was talking about how she worked with critically at risk young people and she felt that, and I agree with this, that austerity and government cuts have caused a lack of aspirations for young people. So with no youth centres, um, they can't kind of talk to trusted adults about their mental health problems. And with lacking uh, funding for education. They're not learning about careers that they might want to get involved in. So they're just kind of left to fight for themselves and make money in ways um, that are illegal because it's just much easier. They don't know how to get out of the cycle because they have no aspiration, they have no value on their life. And I think, especially in these kind of poor communities, people turn to violent crime to protect themselves because they're scared of other people. I mean, with uh, county lines and gangs and postcode wars, um, people are scared to go out in the street um, and j- without a knife because yeah. they're, it, it, they're not so much scared of getting caught by the police and being stopped and searched. It's that someone will come and stab them or something like that. So people are scared. Yeah, and it seems people are more scared about losing their lives now than going to prison Yeah, because at least they'll have a life. Yeah. And so talk to me about the Youth Council and what plans do you guys have? So I think the Youth Council kind of were being quite realistic about it. We know that it's not all policing like the politicians want to say, just give the police more powers. It's not as simple as that. You can't arrest your way out of this. What needs to be done is take a more holistic Uh, public health approach just like Scotland did so what we want to do is convince local authorities to use their funding to fund more education and youth services they need to reform their careers education so it's not all about Pythagoras theorem and about quadratic inequalities and protein synthesis that we're learning it's forming a person so more kind of teaching of soft skills like how to write a CV uh, showing people the diverse um number of careers uh, due to the diverse interests of young people so that they have aspirations and that they realise, oh, there's a career that I actually want to do. And they turn away from crime saying, I want to, you know, I want to become a mechanic or I want to become a mathematician, whatever. Secondly, we think um, that young offenders institutions aren't working. So three quarters of youth offenders from young offender institutions re-offend in a year. That's ridiculous. Imagine if three quarters of patients who went to a hospital came back a year later because they weren't cured. The government wouldn't put up with that. So we think that locking inmates in solitary confinement or with other criminals for 21, 22, 23 hours a day is not going to cause them to become better people. It's going to make it worse. We think there needs to be more education and courses in these um, young offender institutions and better quality. So, for example, uh, release on temporary licence where in the last quarter of their sentence, young offenders can go out and, um, you know, get training, get qualifications, get the skills needed for a job so that when they come out of prison they're not going to end up back inside. They can get a job and they can earn money again. And obviously when they're young offenders, they lose a big part of their childhood. Mm. Whereas when you go to prison when you're older, you've already lived that part of your life and that is when you're developing as a person. Uh, In prisons, they do offer um, education to the older in the older ones, but yeah. not in the younger ones. Kids are supposed to be in education until they're 18 now anyway. How do you feel as a young person about what the government and police are doing on the streets? I think um, that the government and police aren't doing enough, especially the government who I would blame here, because I think they're trying to kind of take cuts from everywhere and won't accept that 
that's their fault. I mean, Theresa May, uh, the Prime Minister, said that there's no direct link between police cuts and violent crime, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Yeah. I think in terms of policing, because um, I was watching like the debate last night between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Hunt, and Boris Johnson said, oh, just give the police more power, let's support them. But as I said earlier, you can't arrest your way out of this. I think what is needed is to build trust in police because black and minority ethnic groups, they feel that the police don't care about them. They don't trust the police. There's a wall of science. I mean, I think a Safer Lives survey uh, found that 46% of young people wouldn't tell the police if they felt they were going to be a victim of crime. So I think what needs to happen is there needs to be more community policing. So police in areas um, of the community just watching, walking around to build trust in police. And that can lead to more intelligence sharing and falling violence. And also stop and search is a big issue at the moment. Um, The Home Secretary wants to you know, increase stop and search powers. I think stop and search has its places, but it needs to be reformed. So I think it needs to be more targeted, focused um, on gangs and not just stopping and searching everyone in an area, especially nine times more likely for black and minority ethnic groups to be stopped and searched. And that leads them to not trust the police and they're a greater wall of silence that happens. So reforming stop and search so it's more targeted uh, and giving people dignity is so important. And that's all the time we've got. It was lovely to meet you. Yeah, you too. And we will have you back in the studio soon, definitely. The KM Community Podcast. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with us, simply hashtag KM Community on social media, including Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The KM Community Podcast. Bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week.